Good morning. Peace be with you. I would like to have you on your own time and, and at your own rate. Would you please take a look at uh, our bulletin? And if there's anything in here that uh, looks good to you, <laughs> we invite you to participate. My wife says, Ken, you need to really look at the uh, announcements and, and, and pump it a little better, she says. And, uh, and so thank you for the, that. You know, you're right. Um, it's funny. My, my version or my, the way that I look at bulletins is that you can look at it. And if, if you see it, you'll see something that, that, that matters to you and you'll read it. And if I sit and talk about it, you'll tune out if it doesn't. You know, I'll say one word and you go, nah, that's not me. And then, you know, and so forth. So um, I, I'm at a quandary. Please take a look at this. If you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer them for you after the end. And let's get on with our service since I started us late by five minutes. Let us stand. Our opening hymn is Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise, page 526. <laughs> Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. 
let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in the Father, wherever you be, by what we have done and by what we have not done. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We just deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord.
your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may proceed. Good morning. The first reading this morning is from Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 through 8, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1201. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. We will read Psalm 1 responsively, which is printed in your bulletin. Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapters 15, verses 1 through 20 and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1789. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 20. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. 
Then he appeared to James, then to all the, of the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, but not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it was I or they, this is what we preach and this is what you believed. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can, you some, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are all we are of all most people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. of the Son of Man. 
Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. And woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. And woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. For those of you that are note takers, I'd like uh, to give you uh, some of my thoughts and what I saw at first glance in regards to the um, lectionary readings that were appointed for today. So if you want to take in your bulletin for Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8, I, the key to that and the theme in that is blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord. And for Psalm 1, the key in that is blessed are those who delight in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who delight in the law of the Lord. And for 1 Corinthians, the most striking point and theme in that is this. If, if Christ had not been raised, our faith is in vain. And we're going to spend some time in Luke. There's a lot of woe unto you, which causes me to go, woe! This is supposed to be a gospel. It sounds like an awful lot of law. It's not some real happy news. Whoa! I can't take this. What does he mean? Well, I'm going to take a swing at it. And you let me know if you think I hit it or not. First of all, Luke isn't demonizing wealth, nor is he lifting up poverty. Okay? And those of us in this room in North, from North America, born and raised and just so privileged to live in this country in, in, in a middle class state would have a hard time imagining being part of the, yay unto you, blessed are you, hungry, poor, and all these things. We have an awful lot here. So... The question that I had is, well, who are you speaking to, Luke? Abba Father, who are you talking to here? How, what do I, how do I unpack this? And we'll get there. The other part of this in Luke is that we see a... Um, 
he's speaking to people and he's speaking to you and I that um, and he's he's warning us as to where we put our trust, as does uh, Jeremiah at the very beginning. It would seem that what he's trying to tell us is that um, faith in yourself equals death and eternity. It seems to me that he's saying that if you trust in God and you walk in obedience with love for God, that you will be blessed. There's a warning is a theme through here is to avoid false prophets and teaching. Paul did that in the letter that he has to the Corinthians. He, in, in his letter to the Corinthians, the first one, it's been described as he's pouring sharp wine into open wounds. Sharp wine into open wounds. What were those open wounds? Well, the Corinthians, you remember, were taking, um, they were taking advantage of the Lord's Supper. I've likened it in the past to having like a tailgate party, right, after church. And if they're not inviting the entire church to their tailgate party, and they're not sharing their wealth and their food, and they're, they're getting drunk, and they're, but they're saying, hey, in the name of the Lord, he's blessing this, you know, and. They, were, they had it wrong. They were, they were really worshiping themselves. They were taking it out of the context by which it was meant. As we know, it's his true body and his true blood. And I wonder if in a contemporary setting like we're in right now in Orange County, not unlike the Corinthians, there was a mix of people from all over there were a mix of belief systems there. And Paul walked through and he said, ah, you're religious people. You know, he, he, they had a smorgasbord of things to choose from. And then you had Christians walking past all of this. You had Christians walking past the drunkards and the prostitutes and all that, going to go find some food for themselves and then they were abusing it. And Paul said, this ought not be. There were false teachers at the time that were deriding Paul. They were, and anyone that, that believed him, they were the quote-unquote super apostles. They were Judaizers. They were Jews that were Christians that were saying, yes, Christ, but you need to be circumcised. It's, it's, it's what we call a theory of, of, of a of a salvation of glory, a, a theologian of glory, rather than in this church, in this Lutheran community that we find ourselves, where we preach and proclaim Christ and him crucified, period. They were preaching Christ and him crucified plus circumcision, plus the way that you walked, the plus anything, you know, all of these outside influences that had nothing to do with it. Christ on the glory side plus wealth. I mean, if you're poor, then you must not be a very good follower of Christ. You know, I mean, it just, it just got so convoluted and their eye got taken off of the ball, off of Christ, off of the point, the main point, God. And Paul's pouring like straight rubbing alcohol into those wounds and those that respond are the ones that actually had 
faith in the Spirit with them. And it's no different than it is today. We have a lot of things to choose to do on a Sunday morning. And not many people, <coughs> excuse me, choose to come and worship, come and hear the word. And we know that the word, that faith comes from hearing the word. We, we see people that are maybe a target, and you'll have to decide whether or not you are a part of that target or not, on the list of woes. You know, there's, there's people that have faith in their, wor- in their wealth. Guilty, right here in front of you. Had a conniption several times in the last 20 years when we've seen curves on wealth, house, housing prices, the stock market, and so forth. Enough for me to say, wow, Ken Whitney, where is your faith? Well, it's in God, but it's nice to have that 401k looking good. I don't know that that's the damning thing, but the damning thing would be this, is that, you know, that's nice for you to go to church and and you'd have that little thing. But you know what? I am my own God and I make my own way and there will always be a place for top producers and that's where I am comfortable right now. Well, here's what uh, Luke is saying. If that's what you have, then enjoy it now because when you die and none of us are getting out alive, you won't have that wealth with you. So woe unto you. And woe that you might be woke up if that's where you're at. None of you are. But we're in the middle of a state and a country where a lot of people are. Well to the well-fed now. Again, These are all things that are dividing people that Luke is pointing out, dividing them from a relationship with God. These are things that are getting into the way. Woe to you when people speak well of you. For this is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Well, the the false prophets, they, they prophesied falsely, preached falsely. Why? Because of the fear of men. I don't want them mad at me. And pastors can do the same thing. This one's, I think, for me. Maybe I don't want to take a firm stand on those things that might make you mad at me. This says, woe to you. If you don't tell people properly about the law. And the consequences of sin. And the consequences of following a false God, whatever that may be. Woe to you, pastor, if you don't remind people week after week, day after day, that their salvation is found in Christ and no other thing. Christ and him crucified, period. Woe to you if you preach another gospel, as Paul said, than what he preached 
may you be accursed. Paul says, don't let an angel preach a different gospel. Don't let another prophet or a pastor preach another gospel. Don't you dare preach another gospel. Because if you do, you are accursed. You're going to hell. Period. I knew that before I accepted the call of the Lord. He and I talked a lot about that. Daddy, you know me. (laughs) Wow. That's a lot of pressure. We know the nature of our God, though. We know that our nature is sin, and we know his nature is love. We know that he had a plan right after that fall, of which we all are subject to. And that plan was to send his son, and that plan was perfectly executed in the birth of a baby. His name is Jesus, Emmanuel. And he gives us things that we can trust on. He gives us things that this pastor needs to point to each time. The center of our faith is Christ. Where do we find Christ? Well, here he goes, back to the baptismal font. But guys, we died a death like his. And we have been resurrected in a resurrection like his. Surely this is true. And Paul goes on to write and tells us this, that in that death, when we went into the water, the the sin of us went away and stayed in Christ. And so when we are resurrected, and this was a question um, that I had this week, what will happen? What will our bodies be like? I mean, if we are cremated, I mean, is he going to be able to put all these parts together? If parts are missing, is he going to? And the answer is, yeah, he, he can put us back together. Well, how does he do that? And I am confident and secure in telling you this. This is how. I don't know. But he's God. And he will because he promised us. But in that resurrection, he's going to take a perishable body is left behind, and he's going to resurrect it. But it's going to be a perfect body because he's not going to resurrect the sin that was washed off in that baptism. A perfect body. Boy, I can't wait to see mine. How about you? Hmm? I can't wait to see Graham's or any of the other people that we know and love. They're perfect bodies that are coming up. That is the promise. Anyone check their 401k this morning? I mean, if you did, it's not a sin. But you're not going to get to take it with you. Oh, but this body of yours is going to be resurrected. It's going to be perfect, and you get to take it with you. So, whoa. There's a good use of whoa. Whoa. You mean all of that happened in that water? Yep. Why? Well, the water can stick to the body, right? But when it's combined with the word and the Holy Spirit, it sticks to the soul. How does he do that? I don't know. But he says he does. And he says it's important. 
And because of this, we have salvation. We have everlasting life. Because of that, we're not woe unto you. We are woe. Another thing he gives us, the center of Christianity of our, of our faith, is this beautiful sacrament of the altar, his body, his blood, given for us, in substitute for us. This was the ransom. This was the payment due that you and I couldn't, couldn't make, and he did it for us. Whoa! And so we get to participate in it in, in a way such that it is a foretaste of the feast to come where we will be holding hands in heaven in our beautiful new bodies and we'll be communing and worshiping him. Won't be real worried about our bank accounts, will we? We won't be worried about, oh man, I wish I hadn't spent so much time in church. We won't be thinking about, man... I should have waited until the last minute to become a believer in Christ. No, those are not the things we will do. That is where the delight comes from in the very beginning when we hear, blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord. Why? Because the Lord is everything and he gives you everything. Blessed are those who delight in the law of the Lord. Why? Because if we are delighting in his, in his will, delighting in being obedient with him, we are walking with him and we are assured by what his son did on that cross that we will have that salvation. Not because we're so obedient, but my goodness. <laughs> Obedience is not a bad thing, right? We like it from our children. We like it from our dogs. Obedience is a good thing. It produces good things. It makes things go smoother. This isn't a downer. We don't serve a God that is against us and waiting for us to, 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 to blow it. We have a God that says, look, guys, I paid the price. Enjoy the meal. Walk with me. Don't run after other gods and other things that will perish, and it'll all be okay. To conclude, we can do this. That those who trust in the Lord receive blessings, amen? That his Resurrection is our sure promise that our faith is not in vain. His resurrection is our sure promise that our faith is not in vain, as Paul says. Because if he didn't resurrect, we aren't going to resurrect, and the whole thing is just a waste of time, and, and we know that he did. You can take this to the bank. Used to be, don't leave home without it was a American Express card. What's in your wallet was, I don't know, a Visa or a MasterCard or something like that. Your faith, your knowledge 
of Christ and him crucified. Don't leave home without it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator. As the prophet reminds us, blessed are those who trust in the Lord. So do we come this day with the concerns of our hearts and our prayers on behalf of all as they have need. We trust in the Lord. Pray with me. Blessed Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, you have delivered your people through the blood of your Son and have given us the new birth into hope and life that death cannot overcome. Grant to your church honesty in our preaching and love in our service 
to those who have not yet heard the gospel. Lord, in your mercy. Blessed Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, you have given us your pledge and promise that we shall not be alone. You guard your people against the threats of the enemy and the persecution of a world that is still against you. Deliver all pastors and teachers, missionaries and other church workers from all that would hinder their service to us on your behalf. And bestow upon them your spirit and his gifts for their faithful work. Lord, in your mercy. Blessed Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, you hold in your hand all the might of man. And though we struggle against enemies of your will, you have promised to make all things work together for your purpose. Bless our nation and those who lead us, our president, Congress, judges, and magistrates. And Lord, Enlighten them with your word so that they may work in accordance to your will for the common good, Lord, in your mercy. Blessed Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, you sent your Son that we might have healing through his wounds. Be with the sick, Father, the hospitalized, the aged, the infirm and the dying and the troubled in mind or heart. We especially think of this time, Renee and Michael, Bill, Ken, Wendy, those on our hearts and those named out loud. Help them to know your presence and your peace in their afflictions and grant them healing and relief as you will. Teach them contentment of heart and keep them in faith to the day of Christ's coming. Lord, in your mercy. Blessed Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, you are the blessed and excuse me, we, Father, are the blessed and chosen people of your grace and favor. You have called us by your word and gathered us by your spirit before this altar. Grant to us repentance and faith that we may receive the sacrament for our benefit. So be transformed by this blessed communion and be made more like Christ in faith and service. Lord, in your mercy. And blessed Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, though now we weep in the face of death, we rejoice to know the power of Christ and his resurrection. In this hope, we commend to you all the faithful who have died in your faith and fear. Bring us with those who have fallen asleep in Christ to that blessed day when the dead shall be raised, when sin shall no more accuse, when death shall no more grieve, and when we will live in your presence forevermore. Lord, in your mercy. And all these things, blessed Father, 
and those things you know we need, we pray you to grant us for the sake of and because of the merits of Jesus Christ alone with whom you live and reign, the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Will you please stand? His resurrection, 
and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For none is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. table's been prepared. Come all ye faithful, those who confess him with your lips. You've already been absolved of your sin. And by what he did for you and your baptism and on that cross, you are worthy. Come, the table is prepared. You may be seated and you will be brought forward by the ushers. Shepherd me, O God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life. God is my shepherd, so nothing shall I want. I rest in the meadows of faithfulness and love. I walk by the quiet waters of peace. Shepherd me, O oh God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life. Gently heal my weary soul you lead me by pathways of righteousness and truth my spirit shall sing the music of your name shepherd me O oh God beyond my wants beyond my fears from death into life. Though I should wander the valley of death, I fear no evil, for you are at my side. Your rod and your staff, my comfort and my Shepherd me, O oh God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life. You have set me a banquet of love in the face of hatred, crowning me with love beyond my power. 
Comfort me, O oh God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life. God is my shepherd, so nothing shall I want. I rest in the meadows of faithfulness and love. I walk by the quiet waters of peace. Shepherd me, O oh God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life. Gently you raise me and heal my weary soul. You lead me by pathways of righteousness and truth. My spirit shall sing the music of your name. Shepherd me, O oh God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into Shepherd me, O oh God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life. God is my shepherd, so nothing shall I want. I rest in the meadows of faithfulness and love. I walk by the quiet waters of peace. Shepherd me, O oh God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life. Gently and truth. My spirit shall sing the music of your name. Shepherd
Shepherd me, O oh God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into What a blessing. Thank you. It's okay to clap in church. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I haven't read anything that says don't do that. So thank you, guys. Thank you, Alex, and thank you, Liz. Will you please stand? And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn is The Love of God. It's on page 7 of the bulletin.